Hey everybody, welcome back to the Short Free Games Podcast, episode 12. 12. I am your host, Chrissy. And I'm your co-host, Clyde. This is our podcast where we talk about short, free games, mostly on the computer. Uh, yeah, we haven't made a podcast in a while. What have we been doing, Clyde? Nothing. I've been playing a lot of Rainbow Six. Yeah, that's true. I've been playing a lot of Rainbow Six. Not I've been uh, uh, wrecking a lot of Kaisu. So here we are back in the saddle. We were going to do a Game of the Year edition. It didn't work out. Didn't work out. Why not? Well, you know, I thought I had some Games of the Year, but the problem is... What were they? Oh, the world. Uh, the world, which we'll talk about on this podcast. And uh, that one by I Have Five Hat, where you're the Holy Ghost and you're running and you're doing the bidding of divine inspiration. Jesus. Yeah, divine inspiration. And then, uh, and then that one where you the cat one we're going to talk about, Animal Inspector. But see, that's where I ran into trouble because I was I was thinking of games that I played recently that I liked versus games like throughout the year that I liked. Like I've liked a ton of games this year. But when I think about them, I'm only going to think of the games I've just played. Can you put your knee down? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, so I decided that it wouldn't be fair to the games that I played the rest of the year. Really? That's why? Yeah. So why didn't we just decide to do games of the last portion of the year? Oh, God, that would have been so much work going through all the games we played and like why I liked them. And we just have new games to talk about. Why didn't we do uh, Game of Recent Memory? We are. It's called Podcast Episode 12. <laughs> so, so, uh, so why didn't you have a game of the year? What was it? You had like your own hangups aside yeah. from mine. Um, I kept on trying to choose between uh, um, Wilbler Park and Electric Highways. Mm. Why couldn't you just have both? I had three. We yeah. could have called it games. Yeah. Of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Electric Highways really uh, grabbed me. And I. And didn't let go for a really long time. And But it's still like, I mean, I played it this week. Yeah. Because I was in the mood for it, which is weird. Because it's not like. It's not like, um. Um. Uh, the World Beneath. The one where you throw in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but tell them, yeah. Uh, it's the one where you throw in the tennis balls of light in the cavern. Uh. The, the world beneath is like, um, it's got like an arcadiness to it, so... You can just go back in multiple times. Yeah, it's like a roguelike almost, yeah. but, it's, but, but it's like a casual roguelike. When you're in the mood to just like hang out down there and see how far you can get. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, a, there's an element of seeing how far you can get. But in Electric Highways, I know the answers to all the puzzles. Mm-hmm. And it's just a kind of one, it's more like um, I'm in the mood to watch a music video. Okay. So how does it feel like a music, did you ever get, because I know it was what, like inspired of 80s music and they're, they're trying to build worlds that inspired them by listening to their music or something? Isn't I, I don't know if there was an 80s thing. But... Oh, I thought that there was like a section of that, or I, maybe I just associate that movies, that music with the 80s and I filled that part in. So did you, do you feel like you're really in a music video when you're playing it? Were they successful? Oh, um, I mean, they were, they're successful in creating like a, 
what, what would you call that? Uh, a um, I don't know. a um, amalgamation of uh, audio visuals that create a sense of place that I want to revisit. Okay. Okay. Not, not only a sense of place, but also like a sense of place that uh, reflects demeanor. Why were you going to call that your game of the year, though? Because it, um, I like the idea that uh, I like the idea of not getting to choose it. Like I, I don't want, I don't. I like the idea of a game of the year for me personally, um, not being my favorite game. You know, not being like the game that I most enjoyed playing or the game that I thought that was the most fun or even the game that I thought was the most interesting. I like thinking of game of the year as like the one that um made the the one that like kind of uh became part of the soundtrack of my life, right? Okay. The one right, you think right, about all the time? Yeah, the one I think about all the time, exactly. And you think about I think about that one all the time, yeah. Yeah, and you think about Wilbur Park all the time? Yeah, it's another place. Yeah, that's another place I. The thing about Wilbur Park is that um, I find myself not thinking about. So okay, when I when I think about electric highways, it's it, the entire thing seems kind of like um bottled emotions. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of like I'm in the mood for uh electric highways, whereas Wilbur Park is more like um. Uh, like a touristy thing, like I I I want to, uh, I want to um, wander around at night, you know, which isn't really a mood to me. It's more like an activity. Okay. So Wilbur Park is like an activity, um, like uh, urban exploring kind of thing, whereas Electric Highways is more like a, um, I want I want a mood. I want to, okay, okay. So an environment versus a feeling. Yes, that is okay. a very succinct distinction. So that's, well, then you can pick both of them, obviously, since they do different things, right? So we're not doing game of the year, so who cares? No, I'm just kidding. Instead, <laughs> we're going to talk about these games. Uh, you want to talk about the cat games first, or you want to talk about the walking games first, or you want to talk about the other games first? If you don't have an opinion, I'll just pick. I'll pick. Okay. I want to talk about the architecture game first. Oh, let's do that. So I liked this game a lot. Uh, Tell us about it, Clyde. It's... Oh, this game is called Le Petite, Le Petite Architect. You're so good at this. Yeah, I know. I know languages, see. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are really terrible at languages. Uh, Theo, Tri, and Philidus. That's the name. Yeah. Of the person who made it. Keep going. So, um... Uh, you're in a, uh, po low poly environment, uh, of limited space, but you're outdoors. Okay. And there's a museum-esque architecture building in front of you, but it's very small. And, uh, when you click on the mouse, you throw a randomized object, which then basically sticks to whatever it hits. A lot like C4 and Rainbow Six Siege, actually. In Rainbow Six Siege, sometimes I'll throw C4 at the guy, but there'll be like this bamboo plant in between Is us. Is Rainbow Six free? No. But there'll be a bamboo plant uh, between us, and like it's just got like these really fragile little looking leaves, and this big brick of C4 I throw just sticks to the tip of the leaf, and I'm like, that's not... So it's kind of like 
it does that in this game. It like it'll stick to things even when even when they when shouldn't. you're trying to shoot off the side of what you built, you're still sticking to the thing that you built. Yeah, it's yeah a grazing shot of of a throwing a piano, and it just the piano just grazes the uh, um, ladder or something. It'll so, just freeze into uh, that spot, and and it's got this like. But 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 it doesn't just freeze into that spot. It freezes onto that contact point. But then there's some amount of hinge physics, like springy physics, so the tower kind of like ends up t teetering a little bit. You know bit. what it reminds me of? When you see people who are really good at popping and locking, and when they lock into place, they have like that oh. moment of like, you know, where they do that rocking. Totally. Sure, like you can't play in the bag right now. Um, totally, totally. That's what it's like, and it and it has a really great different sound effect every time yeah. it attaches. Yeah, it's got nice sound effects. Really, really thick. Well, not thick, but like percussive sound effects. Um, and uh, you're the, supposed to jump and throw these things. It's more like a tip, right? Isn't a tip like saying that this is what you're supposed to do? If the if the creator of the game gives you one tip at the beginning of the game, then I'm thinking they want you to do that. <laughs> that's an instruction <laughs> that's an instruction <laughs> okay i'm sorry you're living in a fantasy so i interrupted you you please please go ahead and explain that oh so when you start it says uh something about jumping so if you jump and put your thing down then you land on the thing well you're supposed to be able to yeah sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't really work and then someone that was playing the game said oh it's like minecraft it's like minecraft because when you're when I'm making a a one column a one block wide column, uh, I'll jump and place the block below me and jump and place the block below me. It's a lot like Iceman in the X Men. Hmm. He he kind of does the same thing. He kind of like builds up this like thing because he can't fly. Does he do that in the comic books? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he can't fly. He just builds up below him hmm. and to get height, okay. and then. He creates those ice slides to go down. I see. Yeah. He uses what he's got. Poor little um, thing. So, uh, but that doesn't work incredibly well in this game. The, um, I do have a complaint about um, Le Petit Architect. Is okay. that what it is? Yeah. Um, is that uh, the the colliders are really messed up. I don't know if he put, he or she put, uh, it's a Theo, right? So I assume that's... Yeah, I don't know, though. Um, that could be anybody. That could be anybody. Uh, Theo uh, put uh, colliders on, and I'm thinking that maybe they're all boxes, even though some of the shapes are odd. Because sometimes I feel like I did a pretty good job aiming my little thing to, to glue it to the structure, mm -hmm. and it just flies right past it. Uh, or even though you have like these dot dot dots that show you where your things are going to come at, mm -hmm. it still doesn't actually land in the place the little dot 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 is aiming at. No, the if there was if there was a a, a variable accuracy there, it wouldn't bother me that much. I would think of that as kind of like a a happenstance of of the toss. Okay. But um, what bothers me is that when I throw the object, I can see it actually clip through another object. Oh. And pass, or I'll see it not even touch. Like the 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 visual portion of the mesh will not touch the other visual portion of the mesh, but yet it still sticks. Okay. So it's like two objects that are not quite touching visually, 
um, uh, are still stuck together. Okay. Um, Which you're not feeling. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I've only played the game once, so if I went back into it, I might start appreciating that more and playing with it more. But it was pretty fun uh, uh, creating a very tall tower uh, as I climbed it and then uh, tossing tossing other objects onto the land below me to create additional structures um a, a a sculptural garden if you will i i thought it was a really nice uh it was a joy it was a joyful game so so what made you want to talk about this game um i just i really enjoyed it uh and what, it was that it was fun is that the part you wanted to talk about it was it was a it was fun in a way that i didn't know that something was fun it's fun in a way okay you know those vending machines where you get the um you get the octopus or something that you throw or like a little gummy animal and you throw it on a wall and it sticks and then no i don't know this okay well how about darts okay when you throw a dart into a board okay and it just you know it's flying through the air and then it just goes like it just sticks okay and it's just there's no sort of variable to it. it just sticks it's just there okay. it's just part of the wall now uh, this game gave me that same sense of satisfaction i see uh and I, I i i like that i like i like throwing spears into things and stuff okay and uh it was fun to do it in a katamari-esque way building something really tall yeah and then and then Seeing how tall you could build it. Well, I mean that was that was definitely one of the one of the enjoyable goals because it, you could change your perspective so drastically by climbing your own tower. Yeah, what kind of, what kind of goals did you give yourself in this game? Um, climbing, creating a tall tower, climbing the tall tower, and also um, uh, creating a sculptural garden beneath me once I was at height. Mm. But I can imagine doing more things like creating arches and stuff would. I, I'm going to try it. I'm going to play some more of it eventually. See what kind of things that you can build with it. Yeah. And yeah, I might take some screenshots and put them up because I, I, I could see that being uh, a fun way to uh, create art for a day. Yeah. Okay. So a sculptural tool. Yeah. It's a sculptural tool. Dude, that would be like, I know we're talking about free short games, but uh, that'd be a... That'd be a great game for a DLC model. What? <laughs> you buy more items <laughs> that, that you can then throw. I don't think you saw all the items that you could throw already, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're not choosing. But I, I don't know. I was excited every time I threw a piano. There are, It is randomized, it yeah. seems like. Like doors and... I wouldn't want that selectability, honestly. Yeah. It's more fun just to see what comes yeah, out of time. It's more absurdist, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a cartoon character pulling something out of their hat, but they never pull the right thing out first. Okay. And they're throwing all the stuff that they don't want okay. behind their shoulder. That's what this game feels like. And there, there is some really interesting music, uh, which gets louder when you get on the top of the building for some reason. It's like that, that 20s like kind of music. Oh, it, it was uh, wacky, wasn't it? Yeah, it was wacky. Okay, so that is Le Pit. Petite architect. I want to talk about uh, orchids to dots next. Okay. Because those are well, we have a few non-themes. Then we can go with the themes. 
So this one uh, was randomly chosen while we were going through Warp Door today, right? Well, I I downloaded a bunch of games that I haven't played, and I can tell because they're still in their zip file. Do you remember why you downloaded this game? Um, uh, I remember I remember seeing it on Warp Door, and the screenshot looked interesting. I've played um other games by Paul uh, Clarisso. Oh yeah, okay. And um, uh, so I keep on seeing it in various feeds, and then um. Um, I think someone mentioned it on Twitter too. Okay. Recently, and it reminded me that I wanted to play it. And it's got a it's got a really nice title too, you know. Orchids. Or- to Orchids to dusk, like that. that that's dust. Got... I thought it was dusk. Let me look it up while you tell everybody what happened. Okay. Um. So spoilers. Remember that this podcast spoils everything. Uh, it starts off with a loading screen that's a very. What do you call that? Oh, you're right. It's dusk. Sorry, everybody. What what do you call it? A, abrasive, for abrasive loading screen. Oh yeah. They, oh, there's nothing worse than a siren to me in a game. Sirens are, especially in timed missions, sirens are so abrasive. I would rather not play a game if I can avoid a, a siren. Usually, go ahead. And like loading screens are almost this uncontrollable limbo mm-hmm. more so even than expanses that you need to cross like if, if if i'm playing a game and i have to like go really well the the last portion of wilbler park for instance is like this huge desertish area right and yeah you, you can see how far away you need to go and so you're just kind of pressing forward i sometimes i hear you know or i sometimes i feel that um that uh crossing those expanses is uh this unwanted pressure Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, loading screens seem like much more of a um, uh, a, a, a futile... Wait, like you have no control in it? That you're just yeah. stuck and you... Well, see, for me... And you know, you never really... Like, sometimes I'm like, maybe it's not going to load. Really? You, yeah. I no, mean... that doesn't... In Mass Effect, those had the longest loading... I mean, I know it's not free, but you're in that elevator your entire life. You're like, I'm never getting out of the. That's the only time I ever felt like maybe I was stuck. I I think, I don't remember where it was, but I know I've been stuck in loading screens before, and it just puts the doubt in you for every loading screen you ever see for the rest of your life. Uh, is this going to be the loading this, screen? Yeah. And am I still supposed to be waiting? How long should I be waiting? Well, for me, the loading screen. A lot of the time, it's sort of a foreshadowing of what's gonna the scene is gonna be like when you come out of it. So in this one, when you're in that pod with the with the siren, I'm like, oh no! It gave me this feeling when we got out, we were oh gonna yeah, have what did to, you think was gonna yeah? We were gonna have to rush to something. Mm. Something was gonna be bad. Something was gonna be on fire. Some piece of equipment yeah. was gonna be on fire. I definitely was sensing a timed mission with with the grating sound of a siren irritating me while I'm trying to concentrate on doing something on time. And you had kind of given up by the loading screen. Yeah, yeah, the loading... If 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 I was alone, I would have made it past that loading screen. That wouldn't have happened. So, yeah. Then when you get there... I know I told you to describe the game, but here we go. Oh, I enjoy listening yeah. to this. Then when you get there... Uh, you, you're next to your little ship. You just crashed onto this kind of deserty world where you- I wouldn't even call it a ship. It's a pod. A pod. That's an escape pod. Yeah. And you see off in the distances, 
there are these little islands of growth. Mm-hmm. Little and, oasises of life. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have a meter for how much oxygen you have. Mm-hmm. So, of course, your immediate reaction is like, I'm going to have to find some oxygen. Right? That's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like... And it's depleting. It's not like... And it's the only thing on your HUD. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're just going to be, okay, I am going to die out here. No. You think, okay, my the, oxygen's yeah, depleting. The, I got to get some more. This is my game objective. Yeah. Yeah, so you start... The designer has communicated this to me. And you see these oasises, so you're assuming this is what I need to walk to. Yeah, they look like little nodes where you might discover some loot or something. But the interesting thing is when you walk to them... You, uh, um, you, uh, when you examine the little things of growth, uh, you'll find helmets that are similar to your own. And I think there was actually a body at one point. I didn't didn't see a body, I just... Well, I don't remember. I I might have imagined that, but, uh... There's a there's helmets as as the central um, uh, objects in each of these little uh, islands of uh, flora, and um, you know the first time you see it, you're like, we we kind of suspected, oh I wonder if this was I wonder if this grew here because this person died here, and I remember reading that it was uh, online networked. Uh, Well, see, I think, I can't remember if it was after this, before this, I was like, wouldn't it be weird if you just died here? If you're just going to run out of oxygen and die? And you're like, I think that might be what happens. (laughs) And uh, so then once you, once you kind of discover that um, every every one of these forest things has a helmet where assumably someone died and ran out of oxygen, it not only does it create a narrative, but as you Mm -hmm. look across the landscape, it's... It does. It, it's got this graveyard quality, but it's not so much a graveyard as much as a um, um, high water marks like after a flood or something. It, it, it's like a or or a, a strata in a strata in a piece of geology, where or rings of a tree, where it it, it creates this sense of like markings of life cycle. Okay. Uh, for me, and and so... Because you know that that's... You know, for me, it was interesting because it seemed like everything was in a clump. Like, everybody walks towards where everybody else died, yeah. and now everybody is kind of dead in a clump. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to walk off somewhere else to die, and you wanted to die in the spot somebody else died. It's interesting that you suddenly get an opinion of where you want to be, yeah. where you want to leave your little thing at. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the clustering was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it makes sense because we automatically walk towards where other people died. Yeah. It's not barren in there. Yeah. 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 And it kind of reminds me of what you were just saying about, like, the last scene of Wilbur Park. Walking toward through a huge expanse of nothing mm-hmm. is really overwhelming feeling in a game versus even if it's not anything, walking towards something feels like you're, yeah. you know... Moving towards an objective. Uh, yeah, I never even considered the other option of walking towards nothing. I wanted to because I wanted more places for people to want to go to die. <laughs> Everybody's just going to walk towards there forever, towards the clump. We are social animals, Chrissy. <laughs> yeah, well, we need to we need to uh, go to Mars and live. That's what needs to happen on this island. Lots, there needs to be some dispersal of the... Oh, yeah. Well, not necessarily. Cause of the that, plant population. That, I think the oh, so what this game reminded me of is um uh, we used to live on the Big Island in Hawaii, 
and uh, there's a large quantity of it near the center that is large a lot of black rock um and there's uh there's these trees ohia trees and they're typically the first tree to grow in that landscape but there's this there's this sense that you get out there where you're like okay you can kind of see how life comes to barren places you know a, a little nook collects soil or you know something dies in that spot and that creates uh soil like everything's creating soil you get to see the different stages of something starting whereas yeah. you're used to seeing it having been there for a long time yes yeah totally yeah. and and you know you hear about how pine trees um kill everything underneath them with their acidity and yeah, yeah, and so black walnuts do that and stuff but you know that's such a later stage uh where um life is uh yeah competing with each other rather than where life uh, is starting yeah life is 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 just trying to survive um it was it was just really neat to see such a succinct uh fable of death being you know just part of a life cycle and how different people like once you realize you're gonna die what do you do that's, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see what 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 choices everybody made. Even though you don't have a lot of choices, which I guess is true when you well, know you're going to die. Well, you know, choices choices has this. Um, In this game, choices is represented by where are you going to go. Well, I, yeah, but I, I I don't I didn't see it as a choice so much as a reaction. Mm. Like I I I didn't feel like I was saying, okay, am I going to choose to die here or die over there? For me, it felt more complex. Like, um, um, do I want to spend the remainder of my time exploring? Uh, how am I? Do I want to, you know, die in a particular way? And just all of that complexity mixed with like, th there was one point at which I saw a spot that I kind of wanted to die in, mm -hmm. so I tried to get there, but there was an edge, and my character wouldn't go down on that oh, edge. Yeah, yeah. So that was the most panicky I felt in that game was like, I'm like, oh, I got to get to the spot that I just arbitrarily decided I'm going to die upon. <laughs> um, it, it is interesting that it shows me how different we think because as soon as I figured out we were going to die, all I could think was, where am I going to die at? That's all I was interested in. It wasn't like, what am I going to look at before I die? It was like, I got to pick somewhere because this is where I'm going to be forever. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting game. That was a pretty interesting game. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the last one that's not uh, a comparable kind of one, if you will. Uh, Frolicking. Let's talk about Frolicking. Okay. <laughs> How did you find this game? Warp Door. Warp Door. Frolicking is by Warp Door continues Foster to be Waddle. the source of of the of my favorite uh, hobbyist games. <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty useful. So yeah, this is an interesting game because it's a non-playable. Well, not because it, one of the interesting things about it is that it's a non-playable. You watched it for quite some time the other day. What happens in this <laughs> game, Clyde? Uh, there's two naked guys. Uh, one. Well, they could be anything. They're kind of introgenous, in my opinion. I think they have. Uh, oh, really? Genitals. I didn't see any. Um. I didn't get that close. So they're uh, two naked guys uh, running around the field, or this 
a very um grassy section that's surrounded by uh a barren platform uh again it's got that unity quality where it looks like it's only one area has been rendered uh and it's squarish but inside that is this hilly area with a bunch of flora which is kind of interesting how that relates to both the architect game and also the uh orchids to dust game anyway um <laughs> yeah so basically frolicking is about spending or is about two guys roaming around where someone died in orchids to dusk <laughs> years later way after i can't remember the name of the thing that happens but uh the they, they don't need oxygen or enough has been created by all of the plant life yeah so um it's not an interactable and uh so these characters are just kind of running and it seems like they hit walls invisible walls and then turn so it's kind of like if you were to look at it from above it would be like balls bouncing um in a uh, polygon within the circumference of a or the, within the boundaries of a polygonal shape okay but it uh, gives you different views i mean you go down and you're right behind the person and then you're way above the person and then it just shows the landscape moving and you know it, the camera is shifting constantly yeah. to show you different angles of them running and there's wind noise and you can hear them their footsteps yeah yeah so i think uh while i was watching this game one of the i i think a lot about why make it non-playable you know there's got to be a reason you're choosing to put it in this format but still taking away the ability like do you think the person's not really going to frolic right do you think that you know if if you're just trying to make a movie of two people running around why are you choosing this method to to show you know what i mean i do know what you mean so so, so which which do you lean towards do you lean to, towards it coming more from a game or more from a movie I think that it it's coming towards a game because one of the things that happens to me when I watch it and I associate it with a game because it's in game format is I'm still putting myself into the place of the frolickers. I'm still like thinking that it's me running around on the screen even though I have no control over it. I'm just, I'm running. Where am I going to go? Why am I there? Uh, what is my interaction with this other person? And it's like you said, the longer you watch you start to kind of build this dialogue of what's happening. At one point, I was ex one of the characters was extending their arms towards the other one, and you think you're trying to communicate something. Like, you fill in all these details. And I think you do that more because it is in the game format versus if you were watching a movie of two people running. Because in a movie, you would, you would think that they have their own personality and their own dialogue. Mm -hmm. And you might try to fill it in. But you wouldn't be associating yourself with it as much. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the, these were more these three D models were more of vessels, mm -hmm. empty vessels than than like George Clooney. Yeah, and, movies have more intentionality, yeah. and this has more interactivity of intentionality. Like you're providing the intentionality versus a movie you feel like the person making the movie is providing the intentionality. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I I get that sense largely from the proceduralness of it. Uh, the, with, with a, with a movie, I feel like it's a historical record, e even if it's edited and such okay. to be expressive. 
um, it still it still feels like something that has happened. It, it is okay. It is a story being being told of something that has happened, but uh, when it's a when it's in this game format and um, I'm watching these pr- procedural systems take place uh, and interact with each other, I I it's it feels like opening a, a nutshell. And you know you're like no, no one's ever seen this before. That, that this is, I'm experiencing this in the now. No one's ever going to see this again. This is this has got a temper, tempor, temporality to it. Okay. Uh, and so then I start examining it as a as an an event I'm wis- witnessing as a, as a system of which I'm seeing one um, possibility of. Okay. Um. So a system that you're seeing one possibility of. What does that mean? So um, it's a it's a generality. It's like uh, when when you look at the similarities between everyone that lives in the same neighborhood, maybe like or or, or culture. I boy, I'm having a hard time with this. Okay, so if you if you have a population, okay, uh, and you have a variable, which is exp- which the entire population is exposed to, okay, and that variable influences individual behavior to create similarities of behavior okay. within the without within the majority of the population. Uh, that's kind of like that the the environment that includes that variable and this population now has a culture okay uh so you're looking at the generality of it as a as a system not as not as a method of prediction uh but more of a um Something that's not attributed to the individual, but something that's attributed to the group. So you're looking at their culture. Yes. These people have a culture of running in fields naked and reaching out to each other. Yes. It's interesting. Um, Oh, I wanted to say what some of the things Chrissy was saying while we were watching. Let's see if I can... I said all that stuff, I think. No, um, one of them was... One of the narratives Chrissy created on the fly was, you forgot your keys... Totally reaching out <laughs> to the other guy. By the way, you forgot your keys. When I watched it the first time, um, uh, what struck me is, and we didn't actually see this that much when we played together. Uh, I saw them collide a lot of times. Oh, really? Yeah. They didn't touch at all. But they don't fall. Uh, so what happens is, it seems like whenever they get close to each other, they reach out for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they actually touch, one of them continues to run. And the other one stops for a moment and just continues to look at that person. Oh. So it creates this, like, this unrequitedness to it. Yeah. Like, where it, it, every time it happened, I heard, heard you know, in my, in my mind's eye, in my mind's ear, I heard the little guy who stopped going, oh, that was fun. And then, like, pausing and then going, oh, we're still playing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then running out. It was like watching our cats or something, right? That's interesting. Yeah. So I I think I enjoyed that non-playable aspect to it because it, it yeah it would have ruined it if you played it yeah I mean you, who you... would have liked running around that 
Yeah, all, all I would have done was try to touch the other touch guy. the other guy. Jump off the world. Yeah, jump off the world. And once I did those things, I'd be like, done. Done. But yeah, but I ended up watching for a good amount of time because I just kind of because I didn't have the control to test all the hypothesis I had at once. Ah. Uh. And as I was waiting for my um, moments of uh, actualization to occur, mm -hmm. um, I, 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 start, I started having feelings about, I, I started being attracted to that, mid, to, to those middle parts, to those, to, to the, to the waiting, not because it was an anxiety of waiting, but because I just started enjoying the way that the camera changes, the wind yeah. sound, uh, what these relationships reminded me of, um, yeah. the craft, the difference between the two models, that type of thing. Do you need to take a break before we go to the next? I'm good if you are. Okay. All right. So we got some cat games to talk about. We almost did a cat show. Boy, you guys got lucky that uh, somebody, somebody freaked out about that halfway through. So we've got some... These are really interesting. Uh, we have two different games we're going to talk about. Cat Show and Animal Inspector. They're both by Tom Astle. So Cat Show is a really interesting game. You are a person posing as a cat. Oh, that's to be set. Uh, no, that's... Yeah, you're posing as a cat. That, that's not a tip. That's an instruction. Oh, oh, spoiler <laughs> alert. Everywhere else here. So you are, you are entering a cat show. You want the cat show money. You got to be a cat in order to win the cat show. Somebody... Duh. Yeah, so there is a cop there who doesn't think that you're a cat. And is trying to trick you. He's just hassling you. Hassling you the whole time. Like, I fucking, I did every cat thing Dude, correctly. And cat. he still didn't trust me. I mean, I'm swatting at shit. I landed on all four feet. Like, so, so each, each, you have like these cat things you have to do in order to win the cat competition. You have to be cat-like. And meanwhile, you're getting hassled by this cop because, you know. You got nothing better to do. Ain't got nothing better to do. Go down the cat show and hassle some cats. Like, why are you even here? So it's so. I get the impression he's off duty. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I'm going to fuck with some cats. I'm bored. So he goes down there. And it's so funny because here is like total spoiler. Like, you should go play this game because it's great before you listen. <laughs> you should play all these games first. Yeah, but, but, but I'm about to tell you like what happens in this game. <laughs> So, so you always have a choice when they ask you a question of an answer, plus you always have meow. And if you don't say meow, you automatically lose because they found out that you're not a cat. So you have to always pick meow and it's so hard. Like, it doesn't matter that you have to. It, it, it'll be like he walks up to you and he's like, so I know you're not really a cat, neither am I. So, uh, you know, you want to go get drinks later or something like that? You know, you can tell me and... You know, we're cool. And then if you say, if you say, oh yeah, that's awesome, or some something besides meow, you're busted immediately. You're busted. You're busted. So you have to go through this whole thing saying meow, and you don't understand how hard it is to have to pick that. <laughs> when you don't know that explicitly, right? No, even when you do, like. I didn't want to pick meow every time. I wanted to test the limits. Like, right. you're three quarters through the game. Because there's this feeling that there could be something, one thing in yeah. the game that mm -hmm. not saying meow 
will actually give you a different line of content. It is so challenging to do something that you know you have to do, even though it's so easy as something is pressing meow. It is so <laughs> difficult to press meow. But I liked this game, and I've been trying to figure out what I liked so much about it. Yeah, you were trying to figure out if you like it because it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's like watching a comedy movie, I guess. Like, what is, what is the value? You don't like all comedies, though. No, no, but, you know, you like a movie because it's funny. I think it's okay. I think... I feel like there needs to be a, a different reason I like it other than it's really funny. See, I think whether But or not I to, don't know if I need one, but go ahead. I I think what's confusing is the the liking part. Like um is it really important that you like the game? Well, it's not important, but it makes me want to talk about it on here. Mm -hmm. And if I talk about it on here, I feel like I need to have a reason. That I'm talking about it. I, but I feel like the reason I'm talking about it, honestly, is because it's it was so funny that I think other people would enjoy yeah, playing it. Yeah, it's fun. See, I, it's a fun game. That that's what I was trying to get to. Was, yeah, was I, I? I don't. That's what I, I came down to too. I, I don't think whether or not you like it is relevant so much as the reason you want to talk about it. Well, the reason I want to talk about it is because I like it. Yeah, that's why oh, it's relevant. Well, well, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's why. I, so, yeah, that game was really entertaining. Is there anything you want to say about it? Mm. No, I mean, I thought it was cute and I enjoyed it. Um, uh, this and Tom Assel's other game, um, they both create this uh, scenario uh, that seems expressive of... Uh, of um, or at least evocative of re relationships in society. Okay, how so? Um, well, so Cat Show is this uh, imposter syndrome reality. I don't know if I would call that imposter syndrome. Like you're in, you're in, you are intentionally being an imposter, not like you feel you've got training in something and you don't feel like you still know it, which I think of as imposter syndrome. Right. Well, you're correct. You're using the term correct. But I think that imposter syndrome, from the perspective of the person suffering from it, is the uh, author's voice in Cat Show. How so? So... If it was just a game about imposter syndrome from an objective standpoint, then it would be as you describe. Um, you you would be established that you actually are a cat. Okay. You wouldn't even have the option to say anything else besides meow, right? Okay. There wouldn't be a game. <laughs> uh, but if, uh, if imposter syndrome is being shown from the view of the person who is feeling it, then there needs to be established that there is doubt that they are supposed to be there and that they are who they really say there is, they are. So that creates the, 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 the false choices and, um, the feeling of get, I'm going to get caught, uh, the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you, I mean, I, I don't think that someone with imposter syndrome really ever feels like they're not an imposter. They just feel like they're maintaining the 
hoax every day. And that's what Cat Show kind of gives me the impression of. Interesting. Um, and then the other game... Uh, Animal Inspector. Animal, in- Animal Inspector, um, to me, is... Uh, public policy as a job you know like so animal inspector is like papers please yeah you are you work at a place and there's overpopulation of plant cats and do- animals well, they animals. say so and so you, every day some come through this and you have to decide who lives and who dies from people's animals and then you have to write you on get the, the applications yeah and you find out how old they are and like what their uses are and then you have to write on the form why you've chosen to let them live or mm-hmm. die. And uh, it's also extremely funny. Uh, to, writing on the forum uh, why your reasons for why they should live or die is intentionally, I think, very arbitrary. It's just it's just the person who is, you know, looking at the application. They, When I'm playing, I just felt, felt like I was just making up reasons. Yeah, but that was fun to make. I mean, that's what you would be doing if you worked there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it it makes me think about, you know, if I actually had that job, and I kind of do, uh, <laughs> um, I would start developing rationalizations so I could have uh, some amount of consistent policy yeah. so that then I wouldn't feel like I am the one making the decision. And that this is just the way things are. Yeah. And so I can't really hold myself accountable for my actions. Makes sense. Uh, which is some really creepy shit. Yeah, they do a really good job. And it's and you have coworkers, and one of them doesn't want to reject anything. She's like bleeding heart cat person. And then the other, there's another person that you work with who's like, can you imagine being as old as this other person and still working here? Like, this job is nothing. I'll just reject everybody who cares. I'm just here to get paid and move my way up because one day I'm going to be somebody. Yeah. Like, it's so interesting. The characters are, like, real people that I feel like <laughs> I are. work with. They are. They really are. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's also it's also interesting. I, I don't know if uh, uh, Tom Astle is American or not, but um, it's interesting to see... You know, I pay attention to American politics a lot, and there's a lot of observation about uh, people getting more extreme uh, on their side, you know. Uh, someone's going to be, you know, super racist, anti-immigrant, or someone's going to be, you know, let all of the refugees in. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the policy of... There's, like... Human rights, you mean? The, the moderate or even moderate views are simplified to the point where you're either three things in everyone's conceptualization of you. Uh, You're either an extreme right-winger, an extreme left-winger, or uh, a moderate, or or a cowardice moderate, right? (laughs) There's no no, um, mixture of the complexity. There's no no people who um, are uh, pro-life and... uh, anti-gun right there's no there's no one that's... that could be true though i mean you don't know what people are i know what i am yeah but you're saying there's no what do you say i, I don't i'm confused didn't you just say that it doesn't exist uh it doesn't exist in the conception of individuals when talking politics so when i see when i see someone say 
online if I see someone say that they are um, uh, uh, pro-choice regarding abortion, then I just assume... Then you make other assumptions. Yeah, I, assu I assume that they're a Democrat. I assume that they love Obama. I assume that they, um, you know, don't agree with U.S. foreign policy. I assume that they uh, are anti-gun. You know, it, it, I assume the entire platform of one half of the United States politics, right? Okay. So what this game kind of expresses for me is that same form of extremism, but on a uh, non-nationalized issue. So it's the, these, it's not like the game's not all about whether or not you're killing animals. Mm. It's, it's about um, what their perspectives are on why they have the job what their perspectives are oh, yeah. on uh, what... On how other people are doing that job. Yeah. Why people are picking the way that they're picking. Yeah, it, 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 re it reminds me that political views are not always uh, national issues. Interesting. Pol political views are how things are run in the office, right? Bure bureaucracy? Well, but, but bureaucracy that you actually are part of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Who who uh, empties the trash can? Who uses the trash can? Who puts things on the desk? <laughs> things like that. It's interesting. Yeah. Who who was the last one who uh, who put the water cooler thing on? You know, did they do it right? Who does it right? Who does it wrong on purpose so they don't have to do it? You know that all that stuff. And it's interesting too that you have the person there that doesn't care. And then the person there that cares, like, overly amount and doesn't want to do any of the other things. But everybody there is still, like, working there and doing the thing. You know, this happens to me a lot where you're working with a lot of people who are like, we shouldn't have to do this. But, mm -hmm. like, you're still doing it. Well, you know? I think that's one of the reasons that this game is so interesting is because you don't... You're seeing these two extreme views on whether or not this is fucked up. Like, is this job fucked up? Yeah. I don't know. Like... I only have a very limited quantity of information. Yeah. And I'm certainly not going to believe the manager, because the man, <laughs> because the manager is in that position because they they bought in, right? Yeah. So I got two newbies, and yeah. they're my only real uh, uh, information on this world. And so I'm ha I'm having to listen to their opinions in order to figure out my personal Your own ethics. Opinion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at the same time. Uh, at the same time, you're having to kill animals. Like, uh, there's one scene where you you have people coming in that are interviewing or your department, so you have to, like, say yes to every animal that day so you'll look good. But that means you have to say no to every animal the next day. And so... I was really subversive. Yeah, yeah. And the one of your coworkers has a cat, and... She, this is total spoiler. When your coworker has a cat and she wants you to say, she keeps telling you she's got a cat and you're supposed to save a stupid cat's life. And of course, the cat comes up the day that you have to say no to everything. Mm -hmm. So of course, I follow. I'm a rule follower. I always follow rules. You know me. I'm like, you know, rejected. Sorry about your cat, lady. <laughs> Not my fault. Not my fault. It was on the no day. <laughs> yeah, but there's this aspect of. 
personal accountability, like being a, um, a buffer for social policy. So it's like, you know, how many hits can I take? How many hits can I take for the team? Uh, can, can I pull any strings? But it's not even pulling strings. It's more like, it's more like, can I, do I have enough clout to uh, give this person favor? Yeah, but it's at the same time. It's that totally like, this is your job. Your life is dependent on this. You have to do fucked up things and go out and like kill things that other people love in yeah. order to like maintain your money or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was it was a really interesting game just because it's like this like I'm saying this is real politics like this yeah. we we I think I often um like thinking about politics on the national level because it's much more simple for me because it's a lot of stuff that doesn't actually affect me. Right. But when but when I start thinking about uh territory issues or 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 um allocation of labor in my own life, like in my actual daily routine, it's very controversial for me and very confusing and very stressful uh, dealing with other people and trying trying to be fair but also not being taken advantage of. Right, right. Uh, and, and then balancing that out with uh, the actual requirements of um, being liked enough to be able to operate in society. It, well, and I think about this kind of thing a lot just because I have the kind of job where you do fucked up things and you have to... Everybody like, does. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to rationalize it. And I think about it all the time. Like, I shouldn't be participating in this. But then I think, if I'm not participating in this, Someone somebody else, else is, is going to be participating in this. And they might not do a, as good as of good. a job. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's the conclusion I've come to also in my, my mid-30s, <laughs> yeah. which is... Uh, at. Even if I'm doing fucked up shit, I'm going to be more willing than most people I know to, you know, make the call of make the call of ethics the way I would want it to be done. See, but see, that's where I I wonder if I would when I play games like this because I get so into the policy. Like, will I watch total fucked up things? Well, like I do animal testing. Will I watch like horrible things happen? Because it, yes, I'm already doing that. Like, how far will I get mm -hmm. before I start having my own opinion about like how do I shape it being done? Not so. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean because I I face the same thing in, at my job. You know, mm. like uh, I I'm I'm constantly having to make calls. Uh, of trying to um, create a sense that public policy is stable mm -hmm. and fair, uh, even but you can't you can't just completely stick to um, explicit instructions because uh, people end up taking advantage of it to the point where it no longer is fair. Mm -hmm. So you have to like make a lot of calls that only you are observing, and there and you're. I'm constantly questioning: Am I, am I doing this for my own advantage? Am I doing this because uh, of? Do I have you know cognitive biases that are informing, uh, how the, you know the distinction I'm making here, or is this, or am I trying to you know, um, be just? And it's a yeah. very it's a very difficult thing, and and it's impossible for me not to compete with other people regarding. Uh, how just I can be because that's that's how I end up 
rationalizing it. I'm, I'm, I say to myself, uh, well, I'm trying to be, I, at least I'm trying to be fair and I can see coworkers not even doing that. Mm. So, <laughs> so you, you feel justified in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. It, it makes me feel like even though I might, you know, not be perfect, I'm, I sh have more of a is... place in this role than other people in this role, so I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah, at least you feel like that. I feel like I'm just status quoing the system. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. So so this game is great. It it. Yeah, really good game. Yeah, brings out all Go, these Tom things. Go Tom Astle. Go Tom Astle. Do you need a break before we talk about the next two? I'm good if you are. Uh, okay, let's do this. So we got some walking games that we played. You guys, I'm gonna turn on the light. Okay, let's uh, let's actually take a break of some sort. Okay. Let's see. Didn't we used to have like a question or something, or maybe we could sing a song? Let's just say we'll be right back. Okay. Okay, we're back. Clyde needed a break. I guess our last one got too intense. It got a little too intense. So yeah, game break. Um. What's happening? Uh, I have a question for you. I have an answer. Maybe. Um, why do you like, what, what, what have you determined that it is that you like about the four walls song by FX? That, I guess you, you called it, what did you call it? Arpeggio? Arpeggio. I like it. And I like, I, I can't remember what the other song I heard the other day where they go down, but it's the same thing. Whenever they go up, do, 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 do. I heard one the other day where they go down in the same way. That is so appealing to me. So what if they went do, 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 do? No. No, I feel like it has to be more... Rhythmic? Or... Or, or, or yeah, what is that called? Similar in steps. Yeah, there's a word for that, but I forgot what it's called. I don't know what it's called. But, yeah, I feel like it needs to be equal almost. Mm -hmm. Do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's an essential part of it? Yeah. Oh, I wish I could remember that song when they're going down. Uh, I feel like it's an episode. Anyway, it's not important. So, yeah, yeah, that is really appealing to me when that happens in music. Uh, Chrissy and I just learned about uh, chord progression some. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we and did. We, we learned how to identify major and minor chords and create them. That was really fun. We watched this really great video because, you know, I feel like when you watch videos about chords, they say, put your hand here, here, and here. Yeah. But this person told you what makes the chords so you can do it everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting yeah, video. Yeah. They go over. Yeah. They explain a root note, a fifth note, and say you can pretty much, for most chords, every, most chords will have these two things, a root and a fifth. And the thing that'll change is the key you press in the middle which is major or minor a major or minor third and yeah. uh that was really helpful and then we ended up like finding a website called hook theory where you can actually type in chord <coughs> progressions and it'll show you a bunch of pop songs that share that chord progression yeah uh, we we played the heck out of some criminal mama i'm in love with the criminal yeah the i played that one on the piano the it was so exciting <laughs> yeah yeah. So, okay, I feel more relaxed now. All right. So, there is this real. I don't even know how you found this game. I have this fantasy about doing 
I love that. I have no idea what you're talking. I don't want to know yet. I don't want to know what game it is you're talking about. But I just want you to know that I'm right now. I'm getting to not know what <laughs> you're talking about as you will, you're explaining how I feel about you it. You will in three seconds. I have this fantasy of doing ASMR less plays because it is. It, it needs to be done. I watch a lot of ASMR roleplay videos. It's, it's a really great place. Well, give a shout out to who you watch. Amal, oh, it, it, that's um, not embarrassing. Amal. No, it's not. She, uh, let's be clear. I don't have ASMR. I watch it for for the role-playing part of it more than the... But, but I'm so used to the whispering and the sounds, and I listen to everything that they do. And I'm playing but the But Amal DS. can't do it. <laughs> she doesn't, she's like, she doesn't okay. have ASMR she, either. She, she's like, oh, for you ASMR people. <laughs> yeah, but she's whispering. And, and she never stops talking like i've never seen anybody so good at rambling she's just amazing at rambling she's okay so my experience of this is i'll be playing a game or looking at the internet or something and amal will be talking and because <laughs> i watch them all like every night while i'm playing the ds the uh the feeling i, I listen to them all. the feeling i get from amal is um it's like someone's in the other room playing with dolls <laughs> and you're in the longer it goes on the more you start thinking is she talking to somebody there's got to be someone in the other room she's so good at it she's still talking to that person it's like it's when the imaginary friend gets a little out of hand <laughs> yeah. i mean i just want to know what anyway anyway so 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 i feel like games Doing less play games would be a really great place for ASMR because the sounds are there. You can just do the whispering. You're paying attention to something. You're rambling. I mean, it, right now I feel less plays are a little difficult for me because you have to. There's so much rambling going on, but it's not about anything, and it's difficult for me to watch it. You know so, what I mean? So the rambling has to be about something specific. I feel like it needs a purpose for me to be interested in it. If and, not, I'm and just. And you don't listening. think a let's play is going to be that way? Well, I feel like a Let's Play is a good place to channel rambling. But it wouldn't be role play. No, it wouldn't be role play. Because see, like with the Amal videos, it'll be like, okay, you're coming in to check out some library books. Yeah, but in this case, you're coming in to check out this world. But she's not actually... Well, like, maybe there are Let's Players that are thinking of themselves as a role in the world. Right, well, you know, there's a lot of ASMR that's not roleplay either. I mean, I watch people sharpen you don't pencils watch it. and shit. You don't watch that. I, well, I did for a long time before I found them all. Especially with the with the metal one. Yeah, Those are but, the only ones that work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of... Lift. She was making a cranking motion, by oh, the way. Yeah. There's a ton of ASMR. It doesn't always have to be... Anyway, I think Let's Plays is a good place for it. So the world is... There's more of a title to it than the world. Uh, number 21, The World by lsd dv dev dev i think it's lsd dev i don't know it's a, it is what it, whatever so i think that game would be the perfect game to do a smart let's play to next to that one where the guy like steals the other guy's games to get his attention would they be role playing while playing it no 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 because this game like, what type of thing would they be saying, Lins, I guess, is what I'm trying to figure out. Here's what I like about this game, and I guess that's where I'm going with this. It's a walking game. You're walking. 
you're walking, you start, you're in a bedroom and you click on something and then you go into a world and you click on something in that world and you go into another world. And each of these worlds are so filled with like some, in, in, it is supposed to be like a dream, which I guess is why you're in your bedroom when you're clicking on things. But it's so full of symbolic references and it's different ones. Like there's some that feels alchemical and then there's one where you're like in a locker room shower and then there's ones where like you're in this pool with like this uh, Indian god that's shooting out water into a fountain and there's these frogs in inner tubes that are drinking martinis. Like there's so much evocative symbolism in this game that you can't not feel like you're part of a story and you can't not try and figure out how you're fitting into that story. Like I've never played a walking game before where I felt like uh, that an entire, something was being communicated to me and I'm trying to figure it out. It really does feel like you're walking through those alchemical drawings that you used to Yeah. But they're not all like that. Like the one that really gets to me is the locker room because you walk up to a man and they like make this like sexual kind of noise. But other than that, you're just in a, a shower locker room. And then you go into the locker room part and they have this poster that's like soap drop chew, the hero fights back or something. Like it makes me think that this person has like this fear this of anxiety. Yeah, about locker rooms, even mm -hmm. though they're it's a totally safe environment. Like it, it is so interesting. You mean it's a totally safe environment in the game? In the game. Yeah. And probably in real life too. But you know, there's all this yeah, things. yeah. Like they're so good at communicating all of the aspects of the one thing that I feel like it really lends itself to 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 feeling like you're part of it, trying mm -hmm. to figure it out, feeling like something's being created or communicated to you, feeling like you're part of the and, puzzle. And, and it can be explored verbally. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about that yeah. game. And I really, this game, this game was going to be my game of the year because it did, when I first started playing it, I was just like, oh, all of this stuff is interesting. But the further I went along, the more I really felt like uh, something is being communicated in this game, and even if it's not, it, it's the feeling that something is. It's right? so overwhelming that it is, and then I want to figure it out, and then I want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. That it is just as satisfying as if it really were being communicated. I, I think that might be a confusing concept for people that you and I probably talk about on the regs. So uh, I want to establish it. Okay. The idea of something feeling like there is substance there doesn't necessarily mean that there is substance there. Right. It's, but there are, um, uh, heuristics. I never pronounced that word right. There, there are things which signify significance. Okay. And, or, or patterns that can signify significance, uh, that make you feel like there is information available even if there actually isn't information available. Okay, and in, in, give me an example of one of these things. Uh, um, I think surrealistic, uh, famous surrealism uh, paintings from like, you know, the 1920s is a really good example. This one had the melty clocks in one of the levels. Yeah, the, the, there's, you know, Dolly's work is a really good example. There, there's not necessarily substance to it. I mean, there might be also, but even so, there, there's there's certain um, archetypical verbs and archetypical symbols that evoke a sense of meaning, even if 
There isn't one. Uh, um, another a more modern example would be uh, the um, the shows like uh, that, like a uh, Lost. Oh yeah, that's actually what I think of. Even though I really like Lost for like ten seconds, and then I figured out they were just making it up as they went along. And the, and they're just they're just looking to put in things that are mysterious, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you in when you first start watching it and you feel like something is happening, it's really exciting that you're trying to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you figure out nothing is happening, mm-hmm. it becomes like, oh, this is just a mess. Yeah, r- riddles have qualities to them. Uh, and, and, and if those qualities are there, even without an answer to the riddle, it creates this uh, feeling yeah. of, I'm going to get a solution, or there is a solution to get. Or, or I'm part of something that is, I, I hate to say the word bigger, but, but it is like that. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the system, even though I don't figure it out, I'm still getting to participate in it. Because I'll never figure out a riddle. I mean, <laughs> me personally, my mind just doesn't okay. think that way. I got a question for you then. Is it a riddle? What gets more wet the more it dries? I already know the answer to that one, so it doesn't count. The answer is a towel. Everybody knows that riddle. We all had the same book when well, we they were do a now. kid. So this game definitely pulls out that quality in me that that you're not going to figure this out but you're definitely in something that is like so much bigger than what they're showing you you are and it's and they do such a good job i feel like with the imagery that you're participating in there's library there's the library and then there are the cows that you know it's, the, the libraries have floating particle word words things yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much symbolism involved. And I like that they don't just use old... Archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 mix in the older and the newer. I, I, I agree, absolutely agree with that. Because, you know, um, even though there are uh, soft clocks <laughs> yeah. in skeletons... Um, and frogs in inner tubes. I mean, come on. Yeah, there there are there are some some newer symbols that I didn't really recognize, uh, or at least they might not be new, but they're new to me. the The one you pointed out during your last playthrough uh, was the small buildings. Um, there's this uh, there's a section where uh, the carpet, the floor, is one of those carpets where um, it's an illustration, a cartoon illustration of a town. So oh like yeah, kids, you remember those from when you went to the library? Yeah, that kids can uh, move their toy cars around on and stuff. Um, but it's it's just sold as a carpet, and it's the actual pattern of one. And on top of that are these uh, almost looks like project housing. Uh, and it's it's like that flat brick, yeah, cardboard brick. R- really very um, um, storagey in its structure, uh, and. Uh, and Chrissy pointed out that they look a lot like the um, these uh, cardboard houses that I I don't know what they're called, but they're these houses that are made out of cardboard for as toys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the scale of that section of the game is that you're far above um, them, looking down and kind of wandering around them, and you can actually jump into um, courtyards. And there's a there's a big bin uh, clock tower thing there. Yeah. And that it was really evocative, and it wasn't a particular symbolism. It wasn't like I was kicking 
all of them over, which kind of would be more so to me. It was more like a, um, I don't know that that perspective, and in 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 a confined space, mixed with the sense that this was a fictional. It gave me a feeling of like a a child playing with toys and not realizing that the toys are alive. Oh, interesting. That's uh, interesting. Which is really cool to me. And I feel like another way it was really successful in a as a walkthrough game is that it didn't automatically when you're in one of the worlds you can click on something. And in a, I feel like in a lot of games you go back to where you came from. Like yeah. you go back to your bedroom. But in this part it brings you to somewhere new and sometimes you go to somewhere new after that. I like that there is a chain versus I'm just going back and now I'm going to mm -hmm. see what this does. You know, and then you just feel like you're clicking to see what something does, but you're not actually interacting with the story of it. So having it lead you to a place that wasn't in the bedroom, mm -hmm. I felt it created more of a story than if you just went back to the bedroom. Then you were just checking out what everything did systematically mm -hmm. if you automatically went back to the bed. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, yeah. So you... it took away the systematicness. It took away my ability to optimize, and mm -hmm. it put me more into a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the spaces being networked like that, it... Uh... It allows you to experience the same space multiple times in different contexts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I, I remember one time you accidentally clicked on something and left an area before you had explored oh, it. Oh, it was the graveyard. Yeah, before you had explored it as much as you wanted to. Yeah. So then you ended up back in the bedroom going, okay, how do I get back there? Yeah. And so then when you, like, were clicking around worlds trying to get back to the graveyard briefly because you gave up pretty quickly, <laughs> uh, it was you were experiencing those places in a different way than you had been before, which yeah. was pretty interesting to me. And then there's the, the Japanese singer girl. What's her name? Hatsumi Miku? It's so interesting how many different uh, areas of that thing. Yeah, it's a really interesting game. Yeah, as a walkthrough game. We played another walkthrough game. Are you ready to talk about it? Psychic Cat? Psychic Cat. Um, I, I wanted to talk about Psychic Cat specifically because uh, I wanted to ask Chrissy about the differences between Psychic Cat and uh, Number 21, The World. Okay. I'm ready. Hit me. Um, Psychic Cat is a game, though, real fast. Psychic Cat is a game where everything kind of has this neon outline, and you're a cat, and you can run over huge expanses to get to places where these really big green guys are trying to step on you. Fucking, I can make a box, and I can <laughs> paw that box at so, them. No. So my experience of this game is I played the game for probably an hour, like, a couple months ago. Uh, and when the green guys came up to me and started stepping on me after, when I was trying to examine these islands of things on this neon expanse, uh, I ran because... Like a little something. <laughs> because uh, I assumed that the narrative was that I am a cat in this world of humans and... Basically, if they're mean to me, I have no. Didn't you see you could make a box? Options besides running away. Yes, I saw I could make a box. I did not think about boxes. Don't. Scream... Didn't you see you have a swatting ability? Boxes don't scream weaponized to me. <laughs> like I, I did not think I should use this box as a weapon against the green. Well, giants. it was effective. 
So then Chrissy plays, and the guy, green giant starts stepping on her, and I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. She's getting the, she's getting the ideology of the game that. <laughs> That these green men are these un- unsurmountable forces that you must simply, you know, avoid rather than be able to combat. And she's all like, don't you know me? I'm the psychic cat. I want to throw a box at you. I want to throw a box at you. And I'm thinking, oh, silly Chrissy. She thinks that she can battle these green giants with boxes. Really? And then she kills one. <laughs> yeah. With the green box. And then it's I'm on. I'm fucking psychic cat. Then she's psychic cat looking for trouble. Like, I'm going to find every green giant in this world and I'm going to destroy it. Oh, is that a guy praying to a, a collection of my boxes? You look human. I'm going to throw some boxes at you and kill you. Ha ha ha. It worked. And it's just like Chrissy on the on the terror spree just running Psychic around. cat is not going to get messed with, okay? <laughs> they try to step on me. Show them who can they can step on. My boxes. Yeah. Yeah, that game was pretty entertaining. Uh, so how is it different from the world? Well, for one thing, there's interactability other than just clicking on something and moving to a different world. Like, you can kill those guys that are trying to step on you. And then you got a cat run, and that's pretty cute. That looking at that cat's little back legs run. Yeah, because you're you see your body in it. Yeah. Right? And in the world, you do not. That's correct. Yeah, and and in this one, um, the environment isn't so specific. Like they put really specific things in the world, like mm. things specific things that you recognize. Okay. And this is like random geometric shapes floating Mm -hmm. uh you know like waves that are representing hills and things like everything is really more more it is symbolic but it's more less specific you're supposed to kind of imagine what that giant building made out of weird parts is supposed to be it doesn't feel like it's they're using reference material that is correct they have imagined this world okay. and built it, and you are part, in part of their creation. Hmm. And 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 one of the differences is once I find out how to my this is my personal problem with games. Once I find out how to optimize a game, I can't not do that. I just am incapable of not doing that. So once I found out that I could kill people with boxes, that's all I could do, and once I ran out of people to kill, the game was over for me. What, what I ended up doing in that game was um, trying to climb the structures. Oh, really? Yeah, because the uh, the colliders are not don't match the visual meshes in that game either. Uh, so it's this guessing game of like, and that's actually I think that kind of became what I was thinking a little bit about why the cat's psychic. Like, I was climbing these structures by by attacking them. Like a sailboat, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, like Skyrim climbing, and uh, um, okay, kind of determining what the actual shape of the collider is. Did that work? Yeah, totally. Uh, it it, I was trying to, I was thinking that I would, you know, reach some ascension point, you know, maybe maybe find find a portal at the top of one of the structures or something, which mm-hmm. I never did, but. I did enjoy uh, for a while climbing these structures and looking around this neon environment and just kind of getting a sense of um, that particular aesthetic and how how the developer used it. 
So you just enjoyed just being in the world, like without having even a... And uh, climbing. And climbing. Climbing, yeah. So you did have an objective that yeah. made it. Uh, yeah, I, I would find the things and then I would see how to climb them. <laughs> okay, so maybe everybody has a optimize, like... And there very well might be, like, a narrative to that game that we never found. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's likely. It feels like there is one. Because uh, those structures seem really specific. There's that guy in the in the Astronaut suit. suit yeah. yeah, like, like there is a lot of visual things happening in that game that you can't quite figure out. And the cute, the cat is cute as the cat can be. But it is interesting how different two walkthrough games can possibly be. But really, the cat game doesn't feel like a walkthrough game. It really feels like an objective-based game hmm. to me. I wonder if part of that is the aesthetic being neonish like arcadey kind of you know vector lines like i have a hard time thinking of games with that art style that don't have very distinct objectives mm. and high scores on the top left hand corner right 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 but i think the the level of interaction other than just clicking things uh, also makes me feel that way. There was definitely a level of interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, am I moving the table? It's okay. Well, we're done anyway. So, yeah, episode 12 is complete. I hope you guys enjoyed the scraping of a pencil sound. Was Was this the last episode? For, like, another month or two months. There will be no last episode. <laughs> I found out today that we're going to be doing this 10 years from now. Isn't that what you said? Well, Direct I, su quote. I suspected Yeah. that we'll be doing it 10 years Forever, from now. Forever, ever. But yeah, the games will all be, uh, uh, what do you call it? Virtual reality. Virtual reality. And I'll tell you guys something. I'll tell you guys a sad tale that oh. happened to me. Okay, let's hear it. We got the phonulus. <laughs> <laughs> and the The Gear VR. And Chrissy got a new phone, and and uh, we got the $100 Gear VR for her new phone. And I'm afraid that everything makes me sick. Like, looking at photos don't make me sick. But who wants to put on, like, 20 pounds on your face? It's not comfortable. To look at photos. Like, great. I got to, I lo I got to look at Korea. That was pretty awesome. And, because you feel like you're standing there. Uh, but then, you know, like... I don't know if I'm going to get to participate in VR. It is so depressing because I had this fantasy because we can't go that many places that I was going to get to be like a VR tourist. That My perception of VR before we started using the Gear, Gear VR was that Assassin's Creed-esque games were going to come out that were not involving killing soldiers at all. You're just going to walk around and look at the architecture and see famous sites. Uh but now now um that i've tried moving a character without actually moving my body uh and became like it's like i immediately get car sick as soon as i start moving my character it is so depressing uh so then you have to kind of reconceptualize what vr is going to do for you uh well if you get motion sick you have to start thinking okay what would a game i would want to play in vr look like yeah where i'm not actually moving and that's 
The best uh, I can come up with is XO concerts. Yeah. Like concerts, shows, yeah. things that you can be right there. I'm not allowed to look at fan fiction because then, you know, I'll be like one of those Warcraft people. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like, all I can think of is shows. Like shows that you can't afford to go to. I think theater is a really uh, big opportunity. Because that Lion King demo is pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, but and, it's got to be a lot lighter. And la like two nights ago, I looked at some of the uh, 360 uh, photos of um, Egyptian hieroglyphs. And it was really neat to see how the hieroglyphs are actually displayed in an environment. Yeah, going places, as long as you're not moving. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I hope you, everybody has a good time between now and the next time. Me too.